0: John chapter 20, my ambitious goal this morning is to get us through the entire chapter of John chapter 20, the gospel of John chapter 20. I'll have the text of John 20 on the screen here. You'll, you should see it online if you're at home, and if you would like to get on the YouVersion Bible app, you can go to more events, um, bottom right more, and then events. Heritage Church of Christ will pop up there, and you can follow along in this morning's message notes there as well. When I was a teenager. My dad and I were moving my grandmother, his mother, from, from her, her longtime home to a new home. And so my dad had rented a U-Haul, and we were, we were moving her from one house to the next, and it was taking us all day. You know how the moving thing goes. And so we were moving all of her furniture all day. The last trip of the day, we had gotten all the big stuff over to the new place we had got it unloaded. We got back into the U-Haul truck. We were done for the day. My excitement level as a teenager was through the roof, right, so we get in the truck. My dad turns on the U-Haul, puts it into drive. He goes no more than six inches when all of a sudden we hear a loud thud and the and the truck begins to shake. Next thing I know, the cab, the roof of the truck begins to come in on me forcing me to slide down as the roof of the truck, the cab is coming down upon me. The next thing I know, I start hearing that crackling sound coming from the windshield of the U-Haul truck as glass is starting to break and even shatter and fall as I'm sliding down in the cab of this U-Haul truck. And suddenly, just as quick as it came, it was over. I was, sl- I was slid down to the, to the foot area of this truck, this cab of the truck on top of me, glass everywhere. A tree had fallen on us and we could see the tree right on top of our the cab of our truck this this crushing moment this scary moment and I'm in this U-Haul truck like like trapped almost into the floorboard of of the truck and I don't you know I'm processing as you can imagine in these quick moments that happen and as I'm kind of crushed under into this truck I hear the voice of my father my dad says You okay? We're going to be fine. I couldn't get out on my side of the truck because that's where most of the crushing came down on. And so he helps me slide out from the crush truck to his side and he helps me into safety. And the reason I bring up that story this morning is because Sunday is a day of victory. When it seems like everything is crushing and coming down on you. When the world's troubles and anxieties, the griefs of this place seem to be daunting and overwhelming. And at times in life, because you have, maybe even now, have experienced moments in life when it feels like you're in the cab of a truck that is crushing down all around you. When we experience these moments of life, we can hold to the truth that Sunday is coming. That Sunday is the day of victory. It doesn't want to browbeat us and remind us of all the trouble and all the sin and, 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 and all the luggage and baggage that we carry along with us. Sunday's not a day to remind us just how guilty we are. Sunday is a day where death has been defeated. Where life everlasting is proclaimed and acknowledged and grasped by God's people. Because today, when it looked like, when it looked like the evil one had it all figured out. When he had the ball on the one yard line. And all he had to do was run it in. When it looked like victory was going to be had for the evil one in the darkness of this world. Life. Overcame the two. Is empty today, and today and Sunday is a day of victory. It's a day about redemption. It's a day of grace. Sundays are about hope. Sundays are about recentering. Sundays are remembering that even when you may feel trapped in the cab of the truck and the circumstances around you may be crushing, the outcome will not be death. Sundays are are an anchoring point that change us forever. John chapter 20, picking up in verse 1, Jesus has been crucified, beaten, hung on the cross, tortured to death. He has been buried because when you are tortured on the cross, the only possible outcome is death. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and she found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, They've taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both. Running, But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stopped and he looked and he saw the linen wrapping lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and he went inside and he also noticed that the linen, wrapping, uh, linen, the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head had folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Verse 8. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw... And he believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that Jesus must rise from the dead. They went home. You see, this Easter season is a wonderful time to be giving intentional focus on the truth that we celebrate each and every Sunday. in the truth and the reality of victory. Death has been overcome. And that message alone is so life-altering. It is so life-moving. It is a message that ought to bring us into a new position of how not only we see things, approach things, say things, is how we interact and live life, the choices we make, because life is our outcome. The empty tomb is our anchoring point in Sundays. Sundays are these day, is the day of victory. There's a story of a man, a very forgetful man. He always would forget all kinds of things. And this one particular morning as he's going out to work, his wife, knowing he being a very forgetful man, reminds him on, on his way out the door, she says, Honey, remember, today is moving day. While you're at work, the movers will move us to our new home, so don't come home to this house. Go to the new house. Man goes to work, day goes along, long day. He forgets what his wife had told him on the way out the door and he goes home to the old house. He walks in, house is empty. He doesn't know what's happened. He's gotten He's the message from his wife. So he walks back outside, he sees a group of kids out there playing and he walks up to the group of kids and he says, hey kids, do y'all know the family that used to live here? Do you know where they went? One of the boys speaks up, looks at him and says, yeah dad, come on. Sunday reminds us, Sunday reminds us that moving day has occurred. Jesus wasn't moved, his dead body wasn't moved from one tomb to another, no. He was moved from the tomb of death and to life everlasting. And Sunday anchors us to this. We may forget, but you know what we have? We have Sunday. We may experience Friday, but we have Sunday. We may have the crushingness of the cab all around us, glass shattering the loud thuds, and we may be scared and anxious for what is taking place in life, but we have Sunday. We have life in Jesus. And Sunday reminds us of that. Sunday anchors us to this truth. It reminds us that we've moved and we have hope, we have grace, we have emptiness in the tomb we are anchored to the truth of Jesus Christ Here's what I'd like to do I'd like to continue on in John chapter 20 I'd like us to think about and and hold on to this idea that Sunday is a day of victory and what does that victory look like and mean for us Let's pick up in John chapter 20 verse 11 Mary was standing outside the tomb and she was crying And as she wept, she stooped in and she looked. And she saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. And, dear woman, why are you crying, the angel asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave, and she saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked. Who are you looking for? Now she thought he was the gardener. Sir, if you have taken him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will go get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and she cried out, Rabbani, which means in Hebrew, teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said. For I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Now verse 18. Mary Magdalene found disciples and told them, I have In the Lord. And she gave him the rest of his message. I think it's important for us to recognize a couple of things. Verse 18, John chapter twenty, verse 18, is an incredibly important verse of Scripture because it reminds us that victory is for everyone. Every person in every walk of life Sundays are about resurrection and they are about grace and starting over and we can't skim over the fact that in John chapter 20 verse 18 the first person on this planet to preach resurrection is a woman now why is that important because if you especially take the context of first century Rome women were not citizens they were more or less like this property. They didn't have rights. Yet Jesus takes in women. Women follow in his footsteps. Mary is a great example. They follow and they listen and they are changed nonetheless. And here in scripture what we find is, is it's a woman who shares resurrection first. And the reason I bring that up is because in this life, in this context, in this first century Rome, and in throughout the vast majority of human history, we see something that has never been seen before. We see the lowliest, the most forgotten, the outcasted, the forgotten, the woman named Mary Magdalene declaring truth and resurrection because you see the empty tomb wasn't for the elite it wasn't for the rich and it wasn't for the man it was for everyone jew and gentile like roman and non it was for all people throughout all time and mary recognizes when she recognizes her savior she can't but Help! The joy is there in the text and she outbursts and she goes to him and she can't but help share the good news of a risen Savior because life is now changed. He is risen. He is alive. The Lord is there. He is amongst us. He did not get, He did not get kidnapped or moved or changed. No. He has moved out of the tomb and back into life. This is significant. Laura was telling me very recently she was having a conversation with someone. And their conversation led to a statement from a person who told Laura, my wife, she said, there's no way God loves me because I don't believe in him. And Laura replies to this person and says, well, God does love you. He loves everyone, even those who don't believe in him yet. God's love is not reserved for a denomination, a color, or a country. It is for all people throughout all time because life has no boundaries. Life is everlasting and it's for all people. And God's love transcends our differences and he brings newness and grace and hope. When things are crushing down around us, we can see Mary Magdalene declaring in her life and in ours, I have seen the Lord. Picking up in verse 19, that Sunday evening the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. Peace peace with you, he said. As he spoke... He showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And again he said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit, for if you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. I love just the context of that Sunday evening of the first Easter. The disciples who have heard the good news are still living in fear when suddenly, with no explanation, in a locked door, in a locked room, house, Jesus is standing there. And what does the risen Savior bring? He brings peace. Sunday is a day of victory because this is victory over Fear. Now, let me say very quickly, fear is real. And the empty tomb does not take away the fear that you and I may experience. You may have never been literally in a U-Haul truck where where the roof is crashing down on you, but you have experienced fear in this life in some form or fashion. Anxiety. You've experienced worry. Those feelings are real and they ought to be recognized and fear is a very real aspect of the human life. The empty tomb doesn't just get rid of fear, it informs it. It gives us a different perspective. It anchors us into a different place. When we find our moments in the crushing cab of the U-Haul truck of life, when we find ourselves in those kinds of moments, we ought to be afraid, and we will find ourselves afraid, but we are anchored. Our perspective is vastly different because we come from the empty tomb because that is not the final act it is not the final word it is not the end of the story we find victory over our fear because the risen savior comes to us and you know what he says peace be with you verse 24. one of the 12 disciples thomas nicknamed the twin was not with the others when jesus came they told him we have seen the lord But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands. I put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wounds in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And at this time, Thomas was with them. The doors were once again locked. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you. See the earlier point. Verse 27. Jesus says specifically to Thomas, put your finger Here, look at my hands. Put your hand in the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. And Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Now, there are many points to make in John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. I'm going to make one, recognizing we could have we spent our entire time here, but let me make one observation about this story between Jesus and Thomas. Sunday's a day of victory because victory happens even in our doubts. The tomb, the empty tomb, is bigger than my doubts, and it's bigger than yours. And the empty tomb can handle our doubts, it can handle our Thomas moments, it can handle the moments where we're not sure, we're uncertain, and we doubt certain aspects of life. Because the empty tomb anchors us, and so we come back to Sunday. You know why? Even in our doubts, because Sunday re-centers us, it anchors us, it reminds us, it gives us opportunity to acknowledge and proclaim that the empty tomb changed our lives. And we have seasons and moments of life where we are more like Thomas. But guess what? Jesus was still risen when he went into that locked room and talked to Thomas. The empty tomb overcomes. It is with us. It, 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 It informs our doubtful seasons. John chapter 20, picking up in verse 30. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs, in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may have that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by, and that by believing in Him you will have life by the power of His name. Now I love uh, the end, this ending to the Gospel of John, and I know there's another chapter. But I think this is the ending to, God, to John's writing of the good news of Jesus Christ. I think John chapter 21, the epilogue, it's still John's writing, still part of the story, and we ought to pay attention to it, but John's come to his, his, you know, his big finale, right, here at the end of the movie. John chapter 21 is the post credit scene. It's the Acts to Luke, in my view. It's there, but this ending, these couple of verses, John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, Serve as this kind of fin- this, this finale to the story of a risen Savior, the good news of Jesus Christ. And you know what this, re- this ending reminds us of? John gives us a pretty clear, secret purpose of his writings for this story of Jesus Christ. And the reason he gives this is because victory is every day. This story is not a one off, it's not a once a year reminder. It is there every day, and that victory that comes from the empty tomb affects us not every once in a while, it impacts us daily. And John writes the good news of Jesus Christ to tell the good news, the the everlasting life that comes from the empty tomb of Jesus Christ. Every single day. And so Sunday is our victory, say is our day of victory because this day motivates us, pushes us, encourages, at times challenges, and sometimes wrecks us to be people who live out the victory of an empty tomb every single day. Sunday is our anchoring day. Sunday is our day of life that gives us life for all the other days. And like John states, this is the story of an, of an empty tomb, of a living Savior that continues to be the impact all the days of our life. Sunday refuses to go away. Praise be to God. This past, uh, well, this weekend actually, um, was Jackie Robinson Day in Major League Baseball. Jackie Robinson uh, was the first African-American player in Major League Baseball. He broke the color barrier. And so I, I've been reading and hearing lots of Jackie Robinson stories over the last week, because uh, I don't, those who know me, this won't shock you, I listen to a lot of baseball talk, okay? And so I heard one particular Jackie Robinson story that I had never heard before. And um, it, it was a story that I thought not only epitomizes well, what we have looked at this morning, but also um, help clarify and give some uh, more context to the life of Jackie Robinson, who broke the color barrier 75 years ago. So this story happened about 85 years ago, 10 years before Jackie Robinson would, uh, would break the Major League Baseball color barrier with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh, Jackie Robinson was a commissioned officer in the United States Army. He was, um, um, th- and as the story goes, he had gone through basic training. He had gone through all, all the kinds of things that especially an African-American uh, soldier would have to do to become an officer. And now he's a commissioned officer in the United States Army. World War II is raging on. And as the story goes, uh, Jackie Robinson, a commissioned officer, is going to be sent over to Europe to fight. And so a couple days before his, his departure He's getting on a bus, and Jackie Robinson. If you know much about his life, he grew up on the West Coast. He wasn't too uh, he wasn't too accustomed to the Jim Crow laws of the South, and so he finds himself in a different kind of environment that he really hadn't experienced before. And so, when he gets on the bus, he sits down where there's an empty seat in the front of the bus. This is um, this is um, I'm sorry. This is 10 years before Rosa Parks. So uh, this this is before. Kind of before Uh, Lots of things were rightfully brought to our attention. And so Jackie Robinson gets on the bus. He's in full uniform, commissioned officer, sits down. He doesn't think anything of it when the bus driver won't move on because he's sitting in the front of the bus. So Jackie Robinson says he's not leaving. He's not moving. Bus driver won't go. Bus driver gets up. He starts arguing with Jackie Robinson that he's got to go to the back of the bus. Jackie Robinson refuses to go to the back of the bus. There is a white woman sitting in the front of the bus. She starts to argue with Jackie Robinson and she begins to threaten Jackie Robinson that she'll call the police. So Jackie Robinson at this point, as the story goes, as it was told, uh, Jackie Robinson stands up in this bus and, and this woman's threatening to call the police on him. He's in full uniform as a commissioned officer in the United States Army. And he looks at the woman, he looks at the bus driver, and he says, I am a commissioned officer in the United States Army. I am being sent to Europe to fight Nazis in a few days. And when I'm over there, do you want me to be in the back or the front? I'm not going anywhere. And he sits down. I love that story because Jackie Robinson not only had to have the courage to do what he did, to break the color barrier in Major League Baseball, but it shows a character of a person who's willing to anchor himself in what he believes. You see, I think too often, so often, we as people, we get, we kind of forget, right? We're forgetful people. We tend to forget the important things, the rightful things, the truthful things, the most important things. And if we're not careful, we want to we push all that to the back of the bus. Sunday is an anchoring point. It's a day of victory that reminds us that front and center is the truth. That God has commissioned each and every one of us to be his people, his children. And we don't live in death, we live in life. And I wonder, will God's people stand up? Will God's people live out of the tomb rather than the tomb of death? Will God's people live life like Jesus? Will God's people rise up and say that we are his? And more than that, victory is ours through Jesus Christ. Let's stand together and let's sing.